This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network here on this uh, Tuesday night. Beautiful day in South Carolina. I hope you've had a opportunity to enjoy it, and hopefully we can add to your enjoyment just a little bit here tonight for the next couple of hours, the best two hours of your day about to unfold here on Sports Talk. Phil Kornblut and Pat Daniel from our studios here in downtown Columbia, Chris Bergen, is in Statesboro, Georgia, with the Coastal Carolina basketball team. He'll be joining us in just a little bit. Buddy Pugh, South Carolina State football coach, a little bit after 7 o'clock. We'll talk about spring practice. We'll talk about his recruiting class from this year. Kerry Tharp, normally with us on Tuesday, has got a dinner meeting that he has to attend at his normal time, so he'll be with us tomorrow night. And our phone lines are open for you, 888 South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number here on Sports Talk to join us. So we'll take your phone calls amongst everything else. And, of course, got a ton of baseball going on across the state of South Carolina, across the SEC and the ACC. So we're going to update you on everything that's happening. In fact, I just came in from Founders Park. Is that where you were, Pat? Were you at Founders Park? I was over at Founders Park watching some of South Carolina and Winthrop and the Gamecocks have Brought out the uh, whipping stick once again. They're up 12-2 to two on Winthrop, and they've hit more home runs in this one. In fact, uh, they just had a grand slam a little while ago by Messina. So he's got a homer. Uh, Wimmer's got another homer, and Petrie has a homer for the Gamecocks. They've hit 17 home runs, 17 home runs in uh, not quite uh, four full games so they are off to a hot start. And they got, uh, you know, of course, pitching. The uh, the attraction today was Eli Jerzenbeck, the touted freshman who got his first career start for the Gamecocks. And listening to the broadcast and watching the game, he was hitting mid to upper 90s with regularity. Four innings, four hits, one earned run. He uh, struck out four. He did give up a couple of doubles. But otherwise, he was he was really good. Eli Jones has replaced him on the mound. He's gone two innings and allowed a couple of hits, a a run. It was not earned. He's also walked one and struck out three. So the Gamecocks have struck out seven. Winthrop started a pitcher who, uh, listening to the broadcast on the way in, uh, Hopkins, the brother of the former Gamecock, T.J. Hopkins. And this is a young man who started his career at uh, the College of Charleston. Uh, this is uh, Brody Hopkins out of uh, Somerville as well. And he, too, is a fine prospect with a big arm. And he started for Winthrop, and he went three innings, gave up three earned runs. He uh, struck out four. Part of the problem for the Winthrop team today, their pitching has given up eight walks. Uh, they've also hit three batters. So a lot of free passes there. And, of course, the home runs don't help either. So. South Carolina well on its way to its fourth straight win, up 12-2. to 
in the bottom of the sixth. Meantime, up at Clemson, the Tigers are locked up in a tight one with Charlotte. It's 5-5 in the bottom of the sixth. Charlotte led 2-0 after three. Bottom of the fourth, Clemson put four on the board. Charlotte came back with three in the sixth. The Tigers tied it up with one in the bottom of the sixth. They are still batting in a 5-5 game. So the Tigers having to come from behind here. And let's see what they've done. Uh, Gerald has a two-run homer for the Tigers. That came in the bottom of the fourth. And that is their lone home run of the game thus far. They've given up one homer. And so who else has swung a good bat today? Cannonella. Canarella. i got to learn these players. Canarella has a couple of hits for Clemson. He's the one guy with multiple hits, and like I said, Gerald's got the home run. Talent started for Clemson, went three innings, two hits, two earned runs, struck out four, walked two. Darden came on, two and a third. He went, uh, and he gave up a couple of hits. He gave up three runs, two earned. He struck out one. Olinchuk, he is now pitching, and he's uh, gone two-thirds of an inning. He's given up a couple of hits. And that is where we stand there. Clemson and Charlotte 5-5 in the bottom of the six. We'll update other scores as we move along. Let's welcome in Chris Bergen, who's left the Bergy Palace, the friendly confines, the uh, comfy couch at the uh, Bergy Palace to go to beautiful, wonderful, wild and woolly Statesboro, Georgia for Coastal Carolina, Georgia <laughs> Southern basketball tomorrow night. He's on. We're not going to see Bergy for a while. He's on the road to Georgia Southern. Then I think they go from there to where? Troy. And then from there to Troy, Pensacola, Florida. And then, unless you make the NCAA tournament, it's off to vacation for you, my friend. <laughs> well, if things go well for Coastal, I could be gone as long as two weeks. This may rival one of the longest road trips I've had in my tenure with the Sean Clears. But I'm so happy to report, Phil, I'm in Statesboro, Georgia, and it is not raining. Maybe the first time in history that I've come here, and it has not rained. Now we don't play until tomorrow, so we'll see if that holds true. But it's actually nice. <laughs> but let me out remind you, care. you're you're indoors, okay? You're not going to have to have your wetsuit on and this risk being true. electrocuted with all your equipment on, right? You're indoors. Yeah, this is true. The the funny part is, uh, as a matter of fact, I was joking with our athletic. You're right. I still have uh, clothes from three. In a tropical storm over here, the. So, yeah, I'm not missing the fact I wouldn't have to be outside if it rains. But, yeah, good drive over here this afternoon, and I got in about 3.30, and the uh, team's out there practicing right now. So I figured I'd spend some time with you folks. We appreciate that very much. All right, we'll open up the phone lines, 888-898-2525. So I'm glad you're with us here from the start. And, of course, I want Pat to chime in on this as well. So I'm, you know, I'm often confused this day and age by things I see in the sports world. Okay, that's not unusual. It's easy to get confused with things that you see and things that you read and things that you hear. So I'm a little bit confused about Alabama basketball and Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates. Now, if you haven't seen the story that came out today, of course, maybe you know the story going back a few weeks where a former Alabama basketball player, Darius Miles, has been charged with murder in the death of a woman in Tuscaloosa. Well, the story now coming out today, first on AL.com, 
because now it's hit the courts and testimony is taking place or evidence is being presented, whatever. Star, the star of the Alabama basketball team, the freshman sensation, Brandon Miller, according to the investigation, delivered the gun to Darius Miles that Miles used in the murder, allegedly. Allegedly used in killing the woman. And it was Miles' gun. And according to the reports, Miles called Miller and told him to bring him the gun, which he did. And then he used the gun in a murder. Now, Miller hasn't been charged in anything. And the thing that kind of confuses me is Nate Oates. And, of course, Alabama's going to be in Columbia tomorrow night. So Nate Oates said today that Miller's not in any trouble. That's his quote. And, quote, we knew about that. Can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. That was a quote from Oates. Now, my first response to that in my mind was, what a cold and callous response in the case of a murder. No doubt. I think that's just cold and callous. And I'm an outsider. Look, I'm not there. We're not covering it. This is not a team that we cover, obviously. But this is a team that right now or was number one team in the country, and they're coming to Columbia tomorrow night, so it becomes, you know, part of our area. That is just a cold and callous response that I've ever seen about a murder, okay? You're better off keeping your mouth shut before you talk about anything. That's number one. Number two, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be so quick as to dismiss, to dismiss anything when it comes to a murder case. Um, used to be a law. Maybe there's still a law, you know. Uh, the hand of one is the hand of all when it comes to, to guns and things like that. Uh, and whether you pull the trigger or you delivered the weapon to somebody else, I think in some states can get you into some trouble. Maybe not in the state of Alabama. I don't know. But here's the other thing, too. And this was, came into my mind. So here's Alabama with their star basketball player who delivered, allegedly delivered the gun that was used allegedly in the murder of this woman. And he's still playing basketball. And he'll be in uniform as things stand tomorrow night in Columbia. But the University of South Carolina had a situation a few weeks ago with three freshman football players where a gun was, a rifle, was spotted, identified, seen, I don't know exactly what, the details were, but they had a rifle in their dorm room. And all three of them, the rifle hadn't, wasn't being used. I think it was just on display. I don't know, again, all the details. But the bottom line is they were kicked out of school. And so in one case, you got a situation where a guy allegedly delivered a gun that was used in a murder, and he's still playing basketball. And in another case, you got a situation where just the mere presence of a rifle on campus resulted in three players being kicked out of school for the time being until they have their day in court, which is coming up next month. You see my confusion? You see why I'm a little confused oh, about everything? Well, first off, you're dealing with different states, so you've got different laws, as you correctly pointed out. And the one thing I read further into this, I think part of the reason that Darius Miles may be on the outskirts of this, and let's take, take away the side of the coin, he was not wrong place, wrong time. Nate Oates is... That somebody calls you, Phil, at one o'clock in the morning and says, Hey, bring my gun to XYZ location. Mm-hmm. Do you honestly think, Oh, he just wants to clean it? 
I mean, there had to be a reason that they called, um, uh, trying to keep all the names straight, contacted Miller to bring him the gun. I mean, there had to be some reason, and Miller not going to end well, possibly. And that I'm, I'm seeing that he can't be charged as an accessory after the fact because there was a third person involved, and that's Michael Davis, who allegedly was the gunman, I think, who actually pulled the trigger on this murder. But this is a horrible world. Alabama hasn't taken suspend him at least until the investigation is concluded. And this just makes that whole Alabama program just look horrible. Aside from the fact that lost her life, mm. uh, there's so many, so many tentacles to this situation that Alabama just looks totally tone deaf. And Nate Oates, just a ridiculous comment. He, wrong place, wrong time. Really, that's the best excuse you can come up with. I, I could not believe an adult uttered those type words. Yeah. Shocking if you ask me. We're going to ask you to see if you can find yourself a little better location. You're, you're dropping in and out with us quite a bit. This might be the best I've got. Your your valuable words are being clipped on a regular basis. So I hate that, and I'll I'll try and move a little bit. But this is probably the best I'm going to get. It's an old building. Yeah. Matter of fact, the uh, f- the field house in which they play was constructed in 1969. So Ooh. I'll try and maybe move a little here in just a second. See if that'll clean up some of my use my mobile hotspot. So that's part of the problem. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going in and out pretty uh, consistently there. So see what you can do to improve that. In the meantime. We'll hit our break and come back with your phone calls. And, Pat, what you got before we go to break? Just wanted to add one more note. Another Alabama basketball player, another one of their star freshmen, fourth leading scorer, Jaden Bradley, you read in this article, he was also there for the shooting. Don't know to what involvement or if he had any involvement, but he was there with his teammates at, at the scene of the crime as well. So that's two or really three Alabama players who were, who were at the scene at the very least, two of whom directly involved, and a third one at the very least was just there. Uh, and it just, I can't help but wonder when I read articles like this, if this story had not broken today, would we have ever heard about this? Would Coach Oates have ever felt the need to mention that his star freshman was a part of this or no? It seems almost like one of those scenarios where folks in charge, the adults in the room, were almost hoping it was getting swept under the rug. Yeah, well, I'm sure we could go back and look at earlier articles and see some comments from Oates where he was... Um, um, heartbroken over what happened to the young lady and expressed his remorse and concern and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure if we go back and look at articles that came out that day or the next day, certainly. But here, with what he said in this particular case at this particular time, I thought there was a, a bad choice of words in talking about, I mean, I get he's trying to defend his young player, but I mean, and I know, again, he hasn't been charged with anything, and that's all well and good. But the fact of the matter, and as Berkey pointed out, when somebody calls you at 1 o'clock in the morning and says, bring me my gun, um, something bad's going to happen. And you're, you're party to that. And you have, you have to bear some responsibility. What if he had said, what if he had said hey, man, why do you need your gun? I'm not bringing you your gun. You know, he might have saved somebody's life, probably would have saved somebody's life had he taken that course of action versus delivering the weapon, you know, to the scene. Absolutely. And Coach Oates' comments, I know these weren't his exact words, but it sounded awfully awfully familiar to the quote we've heard for years, boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. It just really sounded like he was like, ah, no big deal, whatever, move on. I think you're that's exactly, that's exactly, I think, how you can, how you can take that. Okay, we're going to hit the break, and then we'll get to your phone calls. Go ahead and line them up. 
Phone number 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. Buddy Pugh coming up at 7.05. We'll hear from him and get his thoughts about his football team going into spring practice and also, of course, the class that he has put together. And, of course, our phone number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. Major Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store. Phone number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, more than $160 million in lottery proceeds has been used to fund SC Hope Scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education, and South Carolina's playing for fun against Winthrop, for them at least, it's 17-2. to Gamecocks have added some more runs, another home run, make it um, a couple of more home runs. Let's see, where do we leave off? Petrie is homered again, so that's two for him. He's got four RBIs, and Denny just homered, a three-run homer. This is all in the bottom of the six. So the Gamecocks put five on the board in the bottom of the six. They now lead Winthrop 17-2. to This is a juggernaut. This is a juggernaut that they have built in Columbia. Is it a juggernaut that they have built in Columbia, or is it just the competition? Now, Winthrop's going to be a pretty good baseball team before it's all said and done, but the Gamecocks right now are swinging an incredible, an incredible hot bat. Meantime, Clemson and Charlotte 5-5 as they go to the top of the seventh. We'll update other scores as we move along, but... Let's get to your phone calls, and it's Andy in Columbia with us first tonight here on Sports Talk. Andy, welcome in. How are you? Hey, fellas. First off, y'all are wrong. He did not receive a phone call. It's even worse. It was sent by text. So there's no debating, no denying, nothing. Texts don't disappear. You might not know what someone says in a phone call, but texts are there for life. So they can go to the phone company and get the text it was sent and received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So there's no, you know, you can't, you know, if it's a phone call, he could deny it. This you can't deny. And Andy, uh, just to piggyback on, sorry to jump in, Phil, some of the text messages, and you're absolutely right, 
were, quote, the heat is in the hat, which then a detective, Brandon Culpepper, came out and said that that was code for meaning a gun was present. The next message was, quote, there's one in the head, which, again, uh, Detective Culpepper said that that meant a round was in the chamber. Mm. Mm. I'm glad you brought that up. Continue. Yeah, so, you know, personally, (laughs) you know, this is another great situation for Alabama basketball. I mean, if the coach is going to let this go, I don't think the gentleman should be coaching basketball. I, I just thought his comments were way out of place. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and judge from several hundred miles away. I don't know what the people there in the state of Alabama think about it, but I think he would have been better off. And, I mean, I understand coaches want to defend their players when they are in a defendable position, but you're talking about a capital murder case here, and there's no question. I mean, if you ask me, Miller is somewhat culpable to this whole thing because he delivered the gun. The weapon. Yeah, if you don't so, bring the weapon, there's no shooting. So, I mean, he's got to bear some responsibility somehow. I don't know if they're not – if they don't want to – I mean, I don't know what Alabama law is. If an Alabama lawyer is listening to the show somewhere, call in. Um, but I don't know what the law is in Alabama. I, for that matter, I don't know what the law is here in South Carolina. I mean, if you deliver a gun to somebody who uses that gun in the commission of a crime, much less a capital murder, wouldn't you wouldn't you be held responsible as well? Well, this is another question, Phil. He's a freshman, right? Yeah, he's going to be freshman a lottery live pick. On campus, correct? Mm-hmm. Are guns allowed on Alabama's campus? Well, let me say this: uh, in most places, freshmen live on campus, but in in today's world, with, with he was living with these other guys, maybe I can't say for sure it was on campus or in an off-campus apartment, to be honest with you. Yeah, but if he was on campus, that's another issue, too. You would think, I mean, at the University of Alabama, yeah, you would, would think. Hope. Yeah. You, I would hope, but who knows in what states they do what, you know, and decide what. You know, who knows any longer. Number two, Mr. Bergen being in Statesboro. 25 years ago, I spent nine months of hell in town. <laughs> and it was a dry county when I moved there. If I would have known that it was dry, I would never let them transfer me there. But then they tried to send me to Sylvania, Georgia. You should Maybe Bergy drove through there on his way there. You should check that place out. You think Statesboro's bad. It's nothing compared to Sylvania. Mm. But God almighty, poor Bergy. There's nothing in Statesboro. Nothing. You don't nothing, have to tell nothing. him this. He spent many a day and night in Statesboro, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. He normally, uh, so at least it's dry, as I pointed out earlier. God, it, 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 it's just terrible. And corn. Yes. Don't get too excited yet. This baseball team has to finish in the top 16 in the country for you to win your bet at the end of the year. And this was a double down. Double or nothing bet. Down. You tripled it. Was this triple down? This is a triple down bet. Yeah, yeah we went it. we went big time on this one. Okay. You know what? Right now, I'd have to say they're going to finish in the top 16 at the way they're going. Well, like we said, they got to host and be a number one seed in hosting. So, mm-hmm. let's see well, what happens. If they keep averaging yeah, a 16, 17 right, runs a game, I think they'll be there. They keep that average up, I think they'll be there. Well, Corn. If they average the 16, SEC. 17 runs a game through their SEC schedule, I think they'll go undefeated. I was going to say, if the SEC baseball is as bad as SEC women's basketball is this year, South Carolina has a chance. 
Well, uh, maybe season. maybe you know, women's. There's only two women. There's only two women's team in the top twenty-five from the SEC. That's very rare mm-hmm. and very, you know, kind of hard to you know look at because SEC at one time was the power conference. Yeah, now it looks like it's just to the to the Big Ten. Yeah. Ole Miss sure looked like a ranked team the other day. I don't know. Maybe South Carolina didn't look like the team they should have looked like. I don't know. But there's only LSU and South Carolina in the women's top 25. Mm -hmm. Okay, Andy. Thank you, my friend. Y'all gentlemen have a great day. All right. Appreciate it. Going to go to the break here, and uh, we'll continue with your phone calls. Good stuff to talk about. I did have one thing I wanted to bring up quickly, Yeah, if I may, Phil. You may. What happened to the SEC 10-run mercy rule? Are they just – that's just on the books, but nobody's going to use it? It has to be, my understanding, in non-conference games, it has to be agreed to prior to the game. Why wouldn't you agree to that? Well, I mean, I don't think Winthrop came in thinking they were going to get run ruled. I think Winthrop thought they were going to take this thing <laughs> to the ninth inning. We'll be back. Don't go away. We are back on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Cornblute, Pat Daniel here in Columbia, Chris Bergen in Statesboro, Georgia. Phone number 888 2525 That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. To reach us, back to your calls in a moment, update some other baseball. Alabama 7-4 over Tennessee Tech, bottom eight. Wake Forest off to a great start this year, 19-2 over Greensboro, bottom eight. Kentucky 6-3 over Evansville, bottom eight. Tennessee, losers of two out of three over the weekend, leading Alabama A&M 7-0, bottom six. Arkansas and Grambling tied at seven, top eight. North Carolina 12-2 on Radford, top eight. Mississippi State losing to ULM, 4-0. Sunbelt, Sunbelt, bottom of the fifth. Ole Miss 8-1 on Arkansas State, bottom of the fourth. Central Arkansas leading Vanderbilt 2 nothing, top of the fifth. Lamar and Texas A&M scoreless, top of the third. South Florida 1-0 over Florida, middle three. Florida State Jacksonville scoreless, bottom two. Wofford 1-0 over Asheville, top three. Miami 3-0 over Stetson, bottom two. And Upstate 3-0 over North Florida, top of the second. Georgia Southern. Hey, you can go to the baseball game. They're playing in Statesboro, Georgia Tech, and Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern's up 5 nothing, top of the second. I can actually walk around the corner from where I am right now. Their uh, facilities are pretty close to one another. So, yeah, baseball's within a, a good Phil Cornblute five iron from where I am at the Hander Fieldhouse oh, for bat. You're only about, what, 75, 80 yards? <laughs> that's, that's about all I can get out of my five iron. Give the benefit of the doubt. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 180, 175. <laughs> That's my driver, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, back to your phone calls, and we'll update some other notes as we move along. Recruiting, uh, Buddy Pugh, Buddy Pugh, Coach Buddy Pugh, coming up after the top of the hour. As uh, we go back to your phone calls, 888-898-2525 is a number. And it's Hank in Columbia. Hank, welcome in to Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing fine, Phil. Um, I wanted to kind of give some, give some information about that Alabama 
case, but um, in in terms of the the SEC when Andy was talking about, they they only have two ranked, but actually when they came out this latest bracketology, they only trail the ACC in the number of teams that are going to get in. So they just have a bunch of teams that are not up to that high high quality before, but they have like seven or eight teams that are going into the tournament. But um, on the Alabama thing, I started following it right after that that guy's arrest and kind of continue to look at the like the daily updates just looking at it because I was doing some work down in Alabama mm-hmm. and they were talking about it a lot when I would go down there and do, do some work and um, they asked the DA about the Miller kid being charged and, and the reason she said he couldn't be charged was because um, as far as you know now it looks bad now Oates is, now needs to do better like you said he's uh, that's just disgusting how he termed it but as far as the course looked at it is, it's a friend here that calls and says, hey, bring me my gun. And if I have a, you know, if the kid has a gun, you know, you know, who knows if he has a permit for it or whatever, and he just goes and he brings it to him, then once that gun goes to a third person and it's used for something, you can't legitimately, they said they couldn't legitimately say when he brought it, he knew he was bringing it to shoot at somebody or, or kill somebody. Yeah, you know, okay. You know, they, you know, he could have brought it to him because if, if he owned it and they stayed together, he said, "Hey, I need you to bring me my gun." Mm. He brings it. Now, I'm like, uh, like Chris Bergen said, at that time, you know, it's going out there for no good. But they said because he wouldn't specifically bring me my gun so I can do this. That's why they couldn't charge him. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was that um, well, that's, that kind of reminds me. That kind of reminds me. Excuse me for breaking in. And this is where laws, I guess, need to be addressed by lawmakers. It reminds me of the situation at Clemson a couple of years ago with the two football players who were drag racing, and one of them slammed into a, a woman, a postal worker, nearly killed her, but severely injured her uh, and obviously destroyed her life. And mm-hmm. all it was was a misdemeanor. And even the police there were quoted as saying, you know, we'd like to charge him with something more. But by by current law in South Carolina, it's it's a misdemeanor. The fact he was doing 115 miles an hour at one point and hit the woman going about 75 miles an hour, it's simply a misdemeanor. Um, fortunately for him, it didn't turn into a homicide because she, she didn't die. But the law only allowed them to raise the level of the charge to a misdemeanor. It was not a, a felony or anything like that. And well, that's where the well, law is, is pretty weak, I'd say. Well, what, what they were terming is kind of like, let's say you have a gun, you have a concealed weapons permit, <laughs> and you have a, or, and for a gun and you have a gun, and you're someplace, and it's the middle of the afternoon, so it's not 1 o'clock at night. They were saying down here that you couldn't legislate, you know, time of night and, and what's your perception of what this is always going to be. Um, because if you told somebody at 5 o'clock, hey, um, I left my gun in my box, so bring me my gun. Well, let, let's forget about the law. Let's forget about the law for a second, and, and let's consider this. And the University of Alabama should have stepped up well, and taken this Alabama. off the coach's hands because, okay, well, the in, in the case, of Miller, is, well, hang on. In the case of Miller, mm-hmm. he delivered the gun, okay, mm-hmm. and then from what I've read in the coverage, he was there when the shooting occurred. In fact, it was his car windows that got shot out. So he was there. Or he got hit. He was one of the cars that got hit. Yeah, yeah. His one, of his car was one of them that got the window, the the glass windshield shot out. 
So he was there. He delivered the gun. He was at the crime scene of a homicide. At the very yeah. least, the school, the university should have stepped in right away and said, you all are all suspended until the the, the legal system runs its course. I mean, that is what South yeah. Carolina did. Now, yeah, I, I agree with that. Why is, uh, and, and I credit, don't get me wrong, I, I credit the University of South Carolina for stepping up and not um, at all considering anything from an athletic standpoint and how this would impact the football program in dealing with those three players. They did. They took immediate action. And let. And, and by doing that, it takes your coach out of the equation as well, which is what you've got to do. But they've left Nate yeah. Oates here to answer questions that's only going to, in terms I would think of public perception, put him in the frying pan. Yeah. And and the other the other part of the story, Phil, was that the guy that requested it was Miles Gurney, but he obviously gave it to a friend of his, a childhood friend he'd grown up with, who was the actual guy that um got in the sh- was shooting. Mm-hmm. But the it was back and forth shooting. The girl that was killed, her boyfriend was shooting at them, so they were going back and forth. So all of them, <laughs> it was kind of you know, like a shootout. That's how. Um, Miller's car got hit. It, his, his got hit with rounds from the other from the boyfriend's gun. Uh-huh. There's a kind of a thing where they hit on a girl in the club, and, and the boyfriend got mad, and the boyfriend's like, "She's not interested in y'all." And then it all went outside. Let me ask you this and question: so, I mean, what is Miller thinking? You're a walking millionaire. It, within a couple of months, <laughs> you're going to be cashing checks. Yeah. You know more than you can probably write. Okay. Seriously, yeah, right. why are you doing anything with a gun, and why are you dealing with teammates who turn out to be thugs and murderers? Well, you remember now. You remember Miles was on the team up until I know he was a couple of days after the charge. I mean, he was yeah. only dismissed around the time the charges happened. I mean, this has to be. I don't know. Well, that's the, I don't it, try. I'm not trying to. Bad. I am simply. I, I'm not trying to be the conscience of college sports here. You know. <laughs> But this is a black eye for college sports, and it's a black eye for the University of Alabama. And I mean, uh, this would not have been, we wouldn't be talking about this had this not come out in the in the courts today. It's now now it's public record and public knowledge. Well, I think it was, and uh, I would think nah, there'd be. Nah, I know there's I been, re- been known down. It's been known down in Alabama. Well, but, but now it's, it came out today. It just went more national. Well, I'm but, just, I, we're not in <laughs> Alabama, and it gives us a chance to talk about it. But this, I think, is a, yeah. is a stain on the University of Alabama. If you ask me, the way they have buried their heads on this thing as a university. Yeah. And the and the other thing was, Phil, that I think the reason where you were mentioning the thing about South Carolina and the guns, um, when they, they showed on TV down here when I was doing work in Alabama, when they arrested a guy, Miles and the other basketball players, it looked like they stayed in a uh, – it's like some apartment complex. It definitely wasn't on campus. It was, a, it was an apartment complex where they went to as a complex to arrest him. So I don't know if Miller was hanging out there and just took it from there and brought it to him because he had access to his apartment. Well, here's an update. Here's an update that Pat's just shared with me. You want to? Yeah. You want to deliver it, Pat? Pat's uh, got some updated news. Sure. Another article just came out about an, uh, now about an hour ago, but a few things. So some of the evidence that's now being put out there is that there was actually a dash cam in Brandon Miller's vehicle that recorded some of the shooting. So he actually recorded some of the evidence that's now, I don't yeah, want to laugh, that. that's not funny, but yeah, he actually helped and, and did that. There was also surveillance footage from a nearby business. Uh, and then one other note mm-hmm. that this article is first place I'm reading this is Brandon Miller's vehicle was reportedly blocking the road. And that's from, 
I guess the correct term is testimony or interview that's coming out today from that detective. So his vehicle was blocking the vehicle that was then shot at where the woman was killed, making it so they were not able to leave. So it does seem, well, at I least to me, when he not faced that. responsibility. Right, right, right. He I and, think it was two cars. That, that's exactly and, right. And the other basketball player. Yes, yes. Both of their two vehicles were blocking. And then, like you said, there was exchange of gunfire back and forth. And that's how his vehicle, Miller's car was then yeah. was then uh, was then shot up. And also, you, you backed up a minute ago, or one—I don't know if it was Phil or if it was you, Hank—asking why these two guys were really hanging out. Uh, the mothers have actually come out and been interviewed. Darius Miles and Brandon Miller have apparently been best friends since they were in middle school, uh, per these articles in AL.com. The moms were interviewed. One of which is actually apparently a career, a career law enforcement yeah. officer. Well, that's not half. Yeah. Yeah, one thing about what you're saying Please. down here in Alabama is that the the guy that he is actually not Brandon Miller and Darius Miles that was best friends is is Darius Miles and the shooter. The shooter is a guy that's not on the basketball team, but goes to Alabama and is and grown up with has grown up with him. Okay, and, so I must have that backwards. Uh, and, My fault. Thank and you, that's man. and that's why and that's why Miles I guess gave him his gun when the other guy. Um, in Alabama, they they showed down here on the news where, obviously, I think after they came out the club, the, the the girlfriend who was killed, and the guy that was with her in the car, had the the guy had kind of brandished his gun to say, you know, you shouldn't be hitting on my girl, um, you know, or making a pass at my girl or whatever, right. and it brandished his gun, and then that's when, um, the guy that um is Darius Miles' best friend, I I guess got him to say, hey, go get your heat. Brought here. Yeah. All right. And thanks very much. Thank you very much, Hank. We appreciate it. Yep. And thank you for that correction. I was I was wrong. He's right. Miles and Davis have been best friends since middle school. Well, but apologies. you know what? The more you read about this thing, Chris, the more it stinks. I and mean, now you know this late, this does. information about the car being used to help block the other car. I, I don't know what you have to do to be considered a uh, a a a part of this. Um, I don't know. Um, I, again, I just. Forget the law. What about the University of Alabama and their position about this? I think it's the, a very poor position for them to take, to be honest with you. Well, and you brought with regards trying to use a, a what's going on at USC versus what went on in Alabama, and they took Shane Beamer out of the mix because the university immediately came forward and, and took steps to eliminate him having to make that decision. Alabama can't do this now. But you know, because of the national pressure that this story is going to bring upon them, and deservedly so, they are going to have to ultimately suspend uh, Darius, I guess it's Brandon Miller. Uh, am I getting the two kids? I keep getting them backwards, mm-hmm. but uh, Brandon Miller is the one that's currently on the team, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, bend him. There's no question about that. And when they do, the word's going to be, well, if this story hadn't gotten the national publicity it's getting now, would you have ever done anything? And Nate Oates just continues to look worse and worse and worse. He, he, a statement earlier today that we touched on earlier, wrong place, wrong time, which is ridiculous on its surface, come out and said, look, I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. We are aware of the investigating it here and that I will not have any further comment until then. You, you can still defend your pl- and defend him the way you tried to do today mm-hmm. and then walk it back. There's no way he can walk this back. And Alabama's going to have to suspend, going to have to think to Brandon Miller. And as soon as that comes out, it's going to be, well, you know, this is a kid that's going to be a lottery pick in the NBA. Had there not been national publicity, 
Yep. All right, uh, final baseball score, Charleston Southern beat the Citadel today. How about that? First loss for the Citadel, first win for the Bucks. Charleston Southern wins it 4-1 to one today. Down at, uh, played that game at Riley Park over in Charleston. So big win for Choso there over the Bulldogs. All right, we'll hit the break here on Sports Talk, and we'll be back with more in a moment. Phone number, 888-898-2525. That's how you can reach us here on the program. Got recruiting coming up for you as well. Buddy Pugh. After the top of the hour break, always enjoy having Coach Pugh on with us, talking about the Bulldogs of South Carolina State. Stay tuned for that. We're back in a moment. Have you turned on the fun? Try Cash Pop from the South Carolina Education Lottery. Pick one number from 1 to 15, win up to $2,500. Or play all 15 numbers, and you're guaranteed to win. Play twice a day to double your fun. It really is that easy. Visit sceducationlottery.com to get the details. Cash Pop, it's the light of the party. Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. All right, Clemson's taking a 6-5 lead on Charlotte as they bat with two on, second and third, bottom of the seventh. Uh, nobody outs. So the Tigers have taken the lead, and they take the lead in the seventh. Grice with a double to right center for an RBI, and that gives the Tigers the lead at this particular time. They're up 6-5 on Charlotte. It's, uh, it is 6-8-2 for the Tigers, 5-7-0 for Charlotte. Meantime, the Gamecocks, they've put to 18 on the board against Winthrop, 18-12-2 and and 3-8-0 for the Eagles. And the Gamecocks now, they had 14 homers over the weekend, and they have hit uh, five homers today. That gives them 19. And how many do they have all of last season, Chris? 58. So 58 (laughs) all of last season, and they're sitting on 19, (laughs) at least 19 through four games once this game is over. Wow. But. Let's just, you know, let's see what happens. Everything you got to cut. They say the Penn team that's coming in this weekend is a pretty good team out of the Ivy League. Um, Though, it was funny. Tells you what they think about baseball at Penn. Uh, USC's sports information director, Kent Reichert, got a message from the Penn sports information director during this game. I was up in the press box informing him he would not be coming down because he's got to be at the squash championships. In the in the Ivy League, he's got to be at the squash championship. My response says, "Yeah, I like a little onion with my squash. Maybe some uh, red pepper thrown in there as well." Yeah. All right, back to the phones. Triple A, unfortunately, and yeah, I was just going to defend the sports. 
sort of profession now across the country. I see it in the Sunbelt uh, all the time. Is even basketball SIDs don't travel the way they used to. It's just a, a cost-cutting measure, I think, or the fact that they're overworked and don't have a stay back and cover things like squash. I think that's a lot of it, man, especially smaller schools. They are overworked. They're trying to cover mm-hmm. all these sports, and um, it's tough, yeah, and, and maybe a little bit of budget thing too. Okay, back to the phones we sure. go. Chris will be with us for a few more minutes before they finish up practice there in Statesboro. We go next to Tiger Bryan. Is that right? Tiger Bryan in Lancaster. Tiger Bryan, welcome in. How are you? Man, I'm doing great, but it's a beautiful day to be in South Carolina. It is gorgeous. Yeah, I swear. I hope you got in some. Did you play some golf today? Did you get in 18? No, my golf's like yours. I'm a whacker. I'm not a golfer. (laughs) Wait a minute. I never considered my game to be whacking. Well, I'm I'm, I'm a whacker. I'm a pure. I like to hunt my balls. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a pure golfer. I'm just not very good at it. But anyway, go I'm, ahead. I am too. I'm not very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know when I play golf, my sons we play on every Father's Day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's if you ever come down around this area, go Kershaw Golf Course. Mm-hmm. Play the back nine. Don't play the front nine. What's wrong with the front nine? I ass old and creaky and it's it's, it's rough. Mm. You know? mm. Back back nine's good. But anyway, mm. I, I, you hit you hit the nail on the head. On these kids got it made coming out of high school and getting the NLI and all that. Getting gonna be making money and then they're gonna mess up. I'm not just saying about Alabama. I mean it's everywhere. I mean, it's sad mm-hmm. that these kids, you know, they're guns. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I got my CD. I mean, I got my permit. I carry my gun anywhere I go. But, I mean, come on now. These kids don't need to be shooting. You know, that's awful. I mean, it is. It's sad to hear that, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, it's not just as you, well, you may or may not know, it's not just athletes. We had a situation in Columbia last week where – a woman in a in a grocery store parking lot, two women who did not know each other, they got into an argument over uh, being cut off, I think, in a traffic situation. One was walking to her car. The other was in the car. And the one that was in the car apparently got out of the car with a gun and shot the other woman in the head and killed her right there in the parking lot in front of her children. Yep, I did just over a that. tiff, just over a tiff yeah. in a parking lot. So that's crazy. Mm, 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 mm. That's crazy, man. But, you know, again, uh, as far as this situation is concerned, you know, the law is going to do what the law is going to do, and I get that. But Alabama, as a university, and Nate Oates as a basketball coach, and Alabama is an athletic program, they can do what they want to do with their students and with their athletes when something like this happens, and they've done nothing. So, and I don't believe in punishing somebody who is innocent. Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm not in favor of that. But I think you've got enough, from what I've read from the reporting, I think you've got enough there to where everybody involved in this case uh, can be incriminated in some way. And if you're an athlete, especially playing at a – well. I shouldn't say anywhere, an athlete playing anywhere, but in this case, a high-profile program like the University of Alabama for one of the best teams in the country. Um, 
and I'm not even holding you to a higher standard. I'm holding you to a standard that every student should be held to. There should be some accountability, and University of Alabama, I think, is just terribly missing the boat here by not taking action against all those people involved who were students at their school. Um, so they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball on that. Now they they rather win because he's a high profile athlete, you know. But you know, I appreciate all y'all do. Yay! I hope y'all. If if, if Gamecock Larry calls in, tell him I hope he's doing good. And hey, tell him hey, what about old uh, my lady Tigers beating Georgia? Because I know he's an SEC fan. He ain't just mm. Gamecock fan. Mm. So. Uh, that was yeah, in softball, right? Out. Was that in softball? Yeah, softball. softball. My girls is five and fit number fifth in the nation. Yeah, they're good. They're good in softball. Where's the Gamecocks at? Uh, Gamecocks <laughs> are um, – they've only lost once, but they, they were not preseason ranked, so they've got, to, they've got to show a little more before they'll get into the – deep into the rankings, I think. Um, well, you tell old guy – you tell old uh, – you tell old uh, – Game got there. Mm-hmm. Tiger Brown called him out tonight. I know he might be listening. I love y'all. Y'all have a great night. But you hit the head, the nail on the head tonight. Them thugs, you don't need to be with thugs if you're going to be an athlete. And, you know, I mean, you got to get away from them. Yeah. I don't care if you grew up with them or not. I mean, if they go That's bad, right. you got to separate yourself. Okay, Tiger Brian, thank you very much. Great hearing from thank you. you. Mm-hmm, thank you. All right, going to hit the break here. Uh, Chris, we, we bid you adieu, sir. Yes, sir. I will catch up with you guys before tip-off tomorrow night here in Statesboro. We look forward to it. In the meantime, Buddy Pugh will replace Chris Bergen. That's It's tough to replace Chris Bergen, but if you have to replace him, replace him with Buddy Pugh. Coming up after the break. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, welcome back in, everybody. It's hour number two. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Buddy Pugh in about 15 seconds. Let me update the baseball. Gamecocks are now up 19-3 to on Winthrop. No more home runs. Just more runs being scored by the Gamecocks. They're up 19-3 to in the top of the ninth. Uh, meantime, Clemson has taken a lead of 9-5 to over Charlotte. They're in the top of the eighth. The Tigers have broken it open in the seventh inning by scoring four runs to go up 9-5. to With that, don't know if he ever played baseball. I imagine back in the day he might have been a little, maybe a catcher or maybe a power-hitting first baseman. Not sure. Welcome in South Carolina State football coach Buddy Pugh to Sports Talk once again. Good evening, sir. How are you? Fine, Phil. How are you? Good. Do you ever have any baseball in your background? <laughs> I tried to play a little bit. I actually came here to South Carolina State to play a little baseball, but you know, once I got to the football field, I wasn't good enough on the football field to be trying to branch off <laughs> in a different direction. So. <laughs> Hey. I think I need to own it in a little bit on that football, see if I can survive that side. Don't sell yourself short, my man. Don't sell yourself yeah. short. Well, let's touch on your recruiting class, first of all. First time we've talked to you since uh, signing day. And, man, I tell you what, you've put together an excellent group. 
in particular to me, and I know you know the players a lot better than I do, but two names that uh-huh. jump off at me, Tyler Smith, the running back from Barnwell, uh-huh. who had a fantastic uh-huh. year, and then Casey Fields, who put on yeah. such a show in the playoffs in the uh, state championship uh-huh. game. Uh, what about those two in particular? What Those are two talented offensive weapons you're adding to your team. And we need them, too, because we uh, had a tough year last year, and running back was one of the positions that we really struggled at. So I'm thinking that these guys are going to get an opportunity to play early. Tyler is a little bit bigger guy. Casey was bigger than I thought he was. I thought he was a kind of medium-sized guy, you know, maybe one of those 5'9", 190-pound, 175, 80-pound guys. But uh, he got in here, and I got a chance to really look him over good. I think he weighed in at like about 210, hmm. Bill, which was a lot bigger than I had, had imagined. So, you know, I think that, you know, both those guys, both he and Tyler, are, are, are big enough bodies. You know, they developed enough that way that they might be able to play early. Yeah, both of them played in the Touchstone Energy Bowl and had uh, mm-hmm. had great seasons. What about uh, some of the other signees that come to mind that you're – obviously you're happy to get them all, but – you know, a few that really stand out to you. Well, Nigel Johnson, the wide receiver from over Crestwood, you know, was a big old tall guy that can really run uh, wide receivers. We lost Shaq Davis. Hopefully we can replace him. And Jalen Linda, another kid, good basketball player too from down at Bluffton, uh, was, a you know, a, I thought a top-notch guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, offensively we needed to uh, kind of replenish our receiving because we've been – in the skill positions period, we got mat drills going in the morning now. And our uh, wide receivers and defensive backs are a little bit on the thin side. We got a good bit of them kind of banged up, but at the same time, we needed some help there. And then we took a offensive lineman, uh, uh, Kenan Liggins, from over the uh, – uh, what's that? Um, oh, guess um, Rich Springmanetta. Mm-hmm. And uh, – you know, he's doing real well. Uh, we think he's going to be a good player for us kind of early in the career. And then we took uh, Keyshawn Tony as a mid-year transfer guy. And uh, we've got him here already uh, working out with us. He was a, a tight end kind of looking guy. Played at Carolina for a little while. Went to UT Chattanooga. He's now down here with us. So, mm-hmm. you know, we think that we got a pretty decent deal there. So we did some. You know, some pretty interesting things uh, as far as, uh, you know, the offensive side of the ball. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, we kind of projected some guys around a little bit. Uh, uh, we took the defensive uh, end where he was more running back on the pocket from, uh, you know, from Anderson, South Carolina, from uh, um, uh, or whatever the heck in that high school that, West that Anderson is. West side. No, yeah, from West side, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, – uh, we think that he's got a chance to be kind of similar to the Godbolt kid that we took from Blackwood a couple of years back. And uh, we took a Jordan Franklin kid, a bigger linebacker guy from Burke County over in Georgia. So we got some, you know, pretty decent, uh, you know, personnel that way coming in for us. And, and then we took the Brunson kid. We think he's a maybe a corner, a long snapper, Justin Brunson from Calhoun County. You know, we think's a, a, a pretty good get for us. So, you know, it's a little bit of a of a mystery, you know, just how much we can get out of this class. All these recruiting classes, Phil, you, you just don't know sometimes, you know, just how long it's going to take some of these guys to develop. Sure. We thought we had a great class last year. 
And, uh, you know, we still do, but at the same time, we didn't get quite as much out of that group as we probably needed to. We hopefully this spring we'll get a chance to really get a good, solid work on their development at that point. Then we can see if we can turn this team around a little bit. Talking to Buddy Pugh, South Carolina State football coach, what about quarterback? I don't see one in your signing classes. Yeah. There's somebody out there in the portal or somewhere else you might bring in. Do you, you need a quarterback? What? Well, we sort of do, but now Corey Fields is returning for a six-year. Hmm. Um, we'll get him back, and uh, you know, having him was a, you know, was a big deal as far as leadership and uh, experience and that kind of stuff. So if he's good, good that way, then I think we we'll have our guy now. Uh, Andre Washington came on at the very end of our season and played pretty well from Ridgeview. Uh, we had the Prometheus Franklin kid that we tried to go with, or I guess maybe when. Uh, Corey Risner got hurt last year, and he ended up tearing his ACL up. But, you know, we think he'll be back by the beginning of the fall. So we've got three pretty good ones in play. And, uh, you know, we'll get through the spring to see just how far along we are with all those guys. If we don't need one, we won't keep, we won't take one. But if we do, coming out of the spring, then we'll make that evaluation at that point, then we'll decide what to do from there. As you evaluate last season, you know, coming off your HBCU National Championship and the win over Jackson State and the Celebration Bowl, and, uh, boy, hopes were very high going into this season. Mm-hmm. The season passed, but didn't turn out. Three and eight, one and four. As you go back and evaluate things, where did it go wrong? Uh, a little bit of everywhere. You know, we still, you know, taking all our accolades and having a good time, <laughs> uh, doing a little bit of everything, but. <laughs> but, but prepared to play each week. And then we got banged up in the in the process of it all. We had a real bad year as far as fortunes were concerned uh, and injuries. Uh, we lost Corey. We lost Jablonski. You know, we lost uh, uh, Jalen Evans. We lost uh, uh, Dwayne Nichols. So we lost so many bodies until there were times when I didn't hardly recognize our team because, you know, it was just a crazy year that way. So, you know, we had some of that kind of stuff along with the fact that we didn't we didn't pay attention to some of the details that we – teams are different, Phil. Uh, you, you get a different kind of leadership. You get a different kind of – just kind of demeanor about a football team sometimes, and that team just didn't quite come together for us. So we go into the North Carolina Central game. We go into about midseason. We play our first conference game actual eventual champion of our league that first game in a, in a tough, hard-nosed football game. Mm-hmm. And we go, we on our way to uh, Morgan to play game two and thinking we're in great shape. Get beat all up, get broken all up there. We lost Cora and Jablonski in the same kind of series and time of the game. And from that point on, we didn't do a thing. So, you know, hopefully we've got, uh, you know, our, our, our wits about us again. You know, we've got to go about our way of, of, of kind of regrouping and going back at it. So, you know, we you know we, we think that we've got a chance to really be the kind of football team this year that we thought we were supposed to be last year. We always thought that we were a little bit ahead of the curve a little bit when we got to the Celebration Bowl the year before. We thought it was last year. So hopefully, you know, we can fix this and get it back in the right direction. And you've done some things on the staff. You've changed some things up there. Bring us up yeah, to date on what yeah. you've got going on there. Yeah, we moved the guy two around. Um, uh, Bennett Swaggett is no longer our offense coordinator. 
we brought Kevin McGort back. Kevin was with us oh eight, ten years ago. And uh uh Kevin's running our offense and then Chris Barnett, who was the offensive coordinator last year at North Carolina A and T is now a new receivers coach. Mm-hmm. Uh we've moved uh Steve Bird, who's been our receivers coach for a good many years to uh to running back. So we've changed our offensive staff around pretty good. And Deshaun Goddard is still with us. He's still coaching our wide receivers. And, uh, you know, at this point right now, uh, the rest of our staff is pretty much the same as it was last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, going into the spring, just how much uh, different we are uh, because it will be a little bit different. But at the same time, I'm excited about what we seem to be putting together and looking forward to seeing you know, what we can do for this uh, coming year. What do you want to see offensively with your new OC? Well, uh, we need to have a little different uh, level of, uh, of of accuracy in the throw game. We need to, you know, have a little bit better percentages. Just numbers in general were down. We just couldn't we, – we, we couldn't execute the third down uh, percentage game. We, we just were down in the low numbers that way and, you know, we just got to be a little bit better team as far as accuracy and that kind of stuff. So, you know, we got to block a little better. We got to design a little bit better. Uh, we got to organize a little bit better. Hopefully, you know, this team can be one that can uh, be back to where we were when we were playing better. We played really good at times the last couple of years on our previous offensive coordinator. But, you know, it was a roller coaster ride. You know, it was up and down, that kind of stuff. Hopefully, this team can start and build some consistency in a way that that you can be pretty much uh, when you get to a game expecting and and, uh, and actually receiving the kind of results you expect. Sure. A few more minutes with mm-hmm. Buddy Pugh, South Carolina State football coach. And as always, you got yourself a tough schedule. You open up against Jackson uh-huh. State in Atlanta, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. you go to Charlotte, and then uh-huh. you go to Georgia Tech. Then uh-huh. you'll have an open week. Then mm-hmm. you got the Citadel coming to your place, and that should be great. And then another open week. Uh, yeah. And then you go to you got Virginia University of Lynchburg, Lynchburg. right? Uh-huh. And then Tennessee Tech, Delaware State, and NC Central, Howard, Morgan, and Norfolk. So, boy, I tell you what, I mean, you got six six weeks there of real. Everything's tough, but I'm saying playing up and playing some bigger schools and some tough programs there first half of the season. Yeah, um, they want me to go uh, do this thing and have it have a real easy time at it. So, <laughs> you know, we get all these passes on our schedule to, you know, go out and <laughs> just get some automatic wins. I guess uh, <laughs> it's tough now. I guarantee you, we'll have our work cut up for us. We've almost got to beat Jackson State that first game of the year because, you know, if we go to Charlotte. You know, that would be tough. You know, Charlotte. And what's really crazy about the whole deal is that. You know, there's so many new staffs on that early part of the year. So not only do we, you know, have tough games to start our year, but we have tough games against people that we know nothing about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jackson's staff's new, Charlotte's staff's new, Georgia Tech's staff's new, and the Cyril's staff. And believe it or not, Charlotte's really the only staff that we don't have some kind of real connection to because – there are people on all the other staffs that have been on our staff yeah. time to time. So we get a little bit of a feel, you know, for what kind of team they may be. But, you know, it'll be a have-to-learn-on-the-fly kind of a deal against these guys because, you know, they'll be kind of dis- establishing themselves as they start. It's, 
you know, these new staffs in place. Well, I know you want to wish Maurice Drayton well uh, every <laughs> week of the season yeah. except for one, but yeah. that looks like a good fit, right? Going home, going back to his alma mater, that looks like it's going to be very successful once they, you know, put everything in place with the staff he's hired and the people he's brought in. I, I think they've hit a home run there. What's your take on him going back to the Citadel? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for Maurice and Danny Lewis and and Raleigh Jackson and I mean it's just all kinds of names on that staff, you know that you know resonate pretty much with this South Carolina State side of things. So you know those guys are all um, you know great friends, and you know we hope to you know be able to uh, you know establish a good relationship with them over the years. But you know what, for that weekend we're gonna be you know, after each other's fantasy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it'll be fun. You know, and, and I'm getting all kinds of uh, exciting kinds of uh, little tidbits and what have you, people wanting stuff. <laughs> uh, Citadel people want to come and want to, you know, in, enjoy themselves, want to tailgate, want the amenities. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping that we can use this to raise some money, you know, some of that kind of stuff with, you know, some of those guys, uh, you know, here in the area. So, you know, we're looking forward to it. It's, it's, you know, I think it'll be a great rivalry that we're going to establish. We play them here this year, and then we go back to them in 24. And uh, I think we got another couple years on the on the uh, docket down the road of peace. So, you know, this is something now that looks like, you know, that we're going to continue to develop for some time. That's great. It should be. It'd be an excellent mm-hmm. rivalry. Last thing, we'll let mm-hmm. you go. How about your man, Javon Hargrave? And he didn't mm-hmm. get the ring, mm-hmm. but he played for the ring. But the career he's had, first with the Steelers and now with the Eagles, and he's already got in his career 37 and a half sacks and is turning out to be a dominant player, a featured player on that defensive front. Cause you, how about his development from when you first got, got him out of Salisbury, North Carolina, and developed him now yeah. into a standout NFL defensive lineman? Yeah, I still don't think that's the same guy uh, that we got out of high school. And he gets in here that spring, and he's in kind of awful shape. He didn't play that fall prior to, so he sat out a semester trying to get his grades together, that kind of stuff. And he gets in here, and he's awful. <laughs> I mean, he's literally awful. I pick at it. You know, and, you know, I said, we got done all this to get this boy in school. He can't play. <laughs> and he comes back out in the fall. And we can't block him. I don't know if it's the same guy. From that point on, you know, he's been kind of developing, getting a little bit better every time I see him. So we're excited for him. Uh, Eric Dickerson's on that staff, too. He was one of the uh, offensive assistants. He was one of our offensive linemen. Played with Hargraves, if you can believe that here. And, uh, you know, he was on that on that uh, team with Hargraves the whole time. And, and uh, you know, it's just neat to see those guys have the success they have and then Ted Cruz was on the Ted, the vice president of media relations is a South Carolina State guy on the Kansas City side of things. Yeah. Antonio Hamilton was with them at the beginning of the year. He moved around a bit. So we've got this NFL thing now. It's kind of hard to keep up with all our guys. Got we think we got about seven guys on different teams in the league still. And uh, you know we're often proud of all of them. And I was pulling for J- uh, Javon to get a ring, but at the same time, you know these guys are awfully fortunate. It looks like he just got. The Eagles just did some kind of release deal. Uh, they, they dropped a bunch of guys off of the last year of their contract, that kind of deal. I think he's kind of an unrestricted free agent. So it looks like he might be moving on, Ooh. you know, to uh, one of the other teams, you know, in the uh, 
you know, in the league that way. But now he's still young. He's yeah. I think he's got maybe like five or six years in, maybe someone that neck of woods. And uh, you know, he'll make a big payday. I think he made a big payday last year, but he'll really make a big one this time. So it looks like he's you know, looking for big and better things here in the next, you know, coming years. Well, I mean, it wouldn't hurt for some of that big payday to stream its way down to a South Carolina <laughs> state, right? NIL or well, maybe build a building or buy buy something for the we stadium. Got, you know what? And and we having that conversation with uh, both Javon and Shaquille Leonard now uh, at about the same time. Now, so we're looking forward to putting something together with these guys to try to make something happen. There you, you know, go. Maybe as I kind of work my way out of here, we'll see if we can maybe make that <laughs> you kind, know, of the, kind of the last little deal. You yeah. ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Last, <laughs> last, last thing. One of your former uh-huh. players and assistants, Nigel Pearson, now the new head coach yeah. at Spring Valley. So, yeah. how about that? Dude? What do you think about yeah. that hire over there, and uh, you know how he will be as a head football coach in high school? Yeah, they got a great hire. And, Nigel is a fantastic person, first of all, and and a, and a really good football coach. And uh, his brother Nick is the principal over White Oak. Oh, uh, so they, you know, they come from a doggone uh, educational, coaching, teaching kind of family that way. And uh, you know, he'll do a great job for them. They've made a great high on that deal. So I'm looking forward to uh, kind of paying attention to Spring Valley now because we're connecting in a way now that. Uh, you know, that we have a special interest in them. Absolutely. Uh, when do you start spring ball? Uh, uh, March the 20th uh, is, our, is our first date. Uh, we're going four days a week, uh, three days <laughs> at 6 o'clock in the morning, mm. and then on Saturdays. And uh, our spring game is April 15th, the day uh, on tax day. There you go. We can all remember that. Mm-hmm. South Carolina mm-hmm. State spring game and pay your taxes. Taxes due. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coach, as always, an absolute pleasure having you with us. Hope things go well. Look forward to uh, being back in touch with you. See you in the fall sometime, and uh, good luck. Hope everything goes great for you guys. All right, Phil. Come and see us this point. You got it, sir. Thank you. All right. Buddy Pugh, the one and only Buddy Pugh from South Carolina State. So State will start spring football practice on March the 20th, and will have their spring game on April 15th okay and it sounds to me like there is a definite sound of commitment in his voice resonating in his voice about getting back to uh championship level yeah getting back to championship level it's tough though i mean when you're dealt a schedule now they can play with jackson state obviously you know they can win that ball game but look charlotte tough I mean, Charlotte's rebuilding, but it's still an FBS program with FBS support. And then Georgia Tech, of course. I mean, you're you're an FCS team, and you're playing these games for the for the paycheck, um, and and you're being sent out to the Lions. I mean, you're the Romans. What is it? The Romans going out to the Lions, feeding the Romans to the Lions, whatever it was back in those days. Um, and it's tough, and it and it. The, the the physicality, it, it takes its toll. I think the good thing for them is they have two open dates mixed in there, so that will help them That will help them get over uh, whatever happens in those games. So, uh, But then they just got to take care of their MEAC schedule, you know. Take care of their MEAC schedule and go play in the Celebration Bowl again in Atlanta, and it's a very successful season at a place like South Carolina State. So good luck uh, this spring to Coach Pugh. 
Always appreciate him taking time with us. We have time to uh, jump back on the phones. 888-898-2525. Quick update. 9 to 5. It's uh, Clemson leading Charlotte. And uh, South Carolina's gone final with Winthrop. 19 to 3. Eli Jones got the win for the Gamecocks in relief. He's 1 to 0. And Brody Hopkins took the loss for Winthrop. He is 0 and 1. And a quick look at um, some of the offensive numbers for the Gamecocks. Uh, Wimmer had uh, the home run, three RBIs. Uh, Denny had a home run, three RBIs. Messina had three hits, including a homer and four RBIs. And uh, French had a couple of hits and an RBI. Uh, Petrie had uh, three hits and uh, two homers and four RBIs. Stone had a couple of hits. So Gamecocks finished with 14 hits, scored to 19 runs, hit five home runs. We uh, go back to the phones here before we hit the bottom of the hour. Oh, it's our buddy Sam in Charleston. Sam, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Phil, Chris, Pat, I got to tell you, I have some great news to tell you. Lay it on us, big guy. Well, I'm, I'm not – well, actually, I'm not big, but I'm small. So you can call me small midget if you want. No, 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 no. In, in, you know, in my mind, you're a big fellow. Okay, so I just said, as you guys know, um, next month of March, um, I am now celebrating my 12 – month working at the Charleston Place Hotel my first year. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. So um, I heard you comment about the um, the um, but if you, you've been talking to uh, um, SE State. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do really think that the price gets your head for him is that I can see them win the national championship against Georgia. So, here's um, mm, mm. another question they ask you about this. Mm-hmm. So, I know there's a home game tomorrow night at TD Arena, and it's a blackout game tomorrow night against Townsend. Yeah. So, I'm a little confused. When is, when is the actual, is there a watch party for the college? So, we might get in. And you know, we'll have to look, and we got to go to the break. So, Sam, we appreciate it. We'll have to look and see. Uh, you know, Pat's really good at checking on things like watch parties and stuff like that. So he'll look and see if there's a is a watch party. Uh, that game is actually, uh, uh, Sam, I hope you're listening. That game is actually on Thursday now. It's not tomorrow night they play Towson. It's Thursday, February 23rd at 7 o'clock there at the TD Arena. So don't go tomorrow night. Make sure you go on Thursday. Back after the break. Recruiting time here on Sports Talk, brought to you by our good friends over at Seawells. For the very best in the catering business, we suggest you make that one phone call. One call, and that's all, to Seawells, 803-771-7385, SeawellsCateringSC.com. Numero uno, ranked number one 
for, let's see, let's just say 70 years times 52 weeks. What is that, Pat? How many consecutive weeks would Seawells be ranked number one? Is that about like 35,000 weeks? Sounds about right, sure. 350,000 weeks? A lot of weeks. A lot of weeks. They've been ranked number one in the PKPD poll of the best in the catering business. Okay, so why go anywhere else when you can go to number one? Numero uno, and that number, 803-771-7385. And, of course, the very best in the uh, buffet line. You're looking for a great buffet line? You want to go to Seawells for the daily luncheon buffet. It's only $13. Have you got the menu pulled up? Do we have a, a new menu for the rest of the week? What do we got? We sure do. Tomorrow, Wednesday the 22nd, will be pork roast with potatoes, onions, and carrots, mm. along with southern mm. fried chicken, fettuccine, chicken alfredo. And then th- oh, Thursday is calling my name. Bacon-wrapped meatloaf, along with southern fried chicken and fried fish nuggets, and then closing out the week with a roast beef Friday, carved roasted sirloin of beef along with southern fried chicken and spaghetti. And then don't forget, they have all the local fixings you can handle, salad bar and dessert. All right, very good. Check it out tomorrow, rest of the week, 11 to 2, the best buffet in the business. That's over at Seawell's Rosewood Drive across from the stadium in Columbia. For those of you watching our stream, you're looking at highlights of a player we're about to talk about, running back, David Easy Yamumi. And I worked on that all night, and I feel pretty good about it. David Easy Yamumi. David Easy Omume, maybe. He tried to help me with it. I told him if I can get DJ Uyangale down, I can get this down. And we're probably going to have to get it down because it looks pretty good for Clemson with this running back out of Sewanee, Georgia, 6'1, 200. He said last night he's made his decision. And he plans to announce with a media post on May 1st. He's not yet told the school of his decision. Clemson, Georgia Tech were the top two schools. And some of the other offers included South Carolina, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Florida State, Louisville, Arkansas, Miami, Auburn, Nebraska, Southern Cal, Vanderbilt. He visited Georgia Tech Junior Day, January 14th, then went to Clemson Junior Day, January 28th, then went back to Tech for another visit on the 29th he just said quote i feel like clemson's a great school for me i'm the only back they've offered in the 24 class it just really stood out to me talking to coach spiller and being down there at death valley is just a great atmosphere i always feel comfortable around them clemson stands very high honestly with that there's also georgia tech they're standing high as well my mom that's where she wants me to go but with georgia tech's previous performance I can't really rely on that. Clemson is just a different place down there, honestly, end quote. So he's also been impressed with what Clemson has done with their running backs over the years, including what Will Shipley is currently doing and what Travis Etienne did prior to him. And he sees himself as an Etienne type of running back and someone who could go in there and break Etienne's records at Clemson. His athleticism and his versatility is what stands out because he can be a running back or he can be in the slot. He catches the ball. He turns short passes into big plays. He estimated he had about 700 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving and scored around 20 touchdowns last season. Quarterback Prentice Nolan is 6'3", 195 of Fairburn, Georgia, and he plans to visit Clemson March 11th per The Athletic. Nolan, who also goes by his middle name of 
Air. That's not a nickname. That's his given middle name, Air. So his full name is Prentice with two S's, Prentice Air Noland. <laughs> you know, as I think about it, had my parents given me a middle name based on my athletic achievement, my middle name would have been Bench. No comment on that. Maybe end of bench. Sorry, it would have been Phil Bench Cornblute. Yeah, sorry. I was actually reading an update after your recruiting report. Alabama head coach Nate Oates has released a statement. We'll get to that here shortly. Okay, very good. Air Nolan. Anyway, why do they call him Air? Well, last season he passed for 4,095 yards and 55 touchdowns, and he completed 73% of his passes. He's pretty darn good. He is also scheduled to visit Miami March 23rd and Ohio State March 31st. He also plans to visit Alabama and Texas A&M. He went to junior days at Alabama and Texas A&M, and he's been offered by Arkansas, Alabama, Miami, Texas A&M, Auburn, Tulane, Purdue, NC State, and Louisville. Okay, USC's in the top 10 with a few players. Cornerback, Mello Jones of Statesboro, Georgia, with North Carolina, Georgia, Miami, Vandy, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Athlete Josiah Brown of Hicksville, New York. All right, Pat, what famous Gamecock basketball player came from Hicksville, New York? If you can answer this, I will take you to a Seawells Daily Buffet. You have five seconds to answer what former Gamecock great came from Hicksville, Long Island, New York. One of the Roach Boys. How many Roach Boys were there? Weren't there two? No. Oh, I'm sorry. There were two Dunleavies. Ah, Dunleavies. Yeah, no. I'm drawing a mind blank, but I'm going to go Roach. No, no. He was from Manhattan. Ah, close though. Tom Riker was from Hicksville, New York. Okay, how about that? Yeah. I can remember Bob Fulton from Hicksville, Long Island, New York. Tommy Riker. Anyway, USC's in the top 10 with athlete Josiah Brown of Hicksville, New York. The others, Michigan, Notre Dame, Duke, Syracuse, Penn State, Nebraska, Georgia, Rutgers, and Miami. And USC offered athlete Jameer Grimsley, 6'3", 180 of Tampa. Has a variety of offers, Ole Miss, Auburn, Alabama, UConn, North Carolina, Florida State, Middle Tennessee, Duke, Boston College. USF, West Virginia. He went to junior days in January at USF and UCF. USC last week offered cornerback Antoine Belgrave Shorter, six feet 170 of Jacksonville. He's also got Ole Miss, Miami, Pitt, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Missouri, Michigan State, Maryland, Florida State, Kentucky, and others. USC offered 2025 safety Fahim Delane of Oney, Maryland. 2025 athlete Trey McNutt of Shaker Heights, Ohio, and 2025 athlete Kendall Daniels Jr. of Norfolk, Virginia. USC target wide receiver Jonathan Paler was offered by Florida, and wide receiver Jordan Ship of Charlotte, who drew some interest from USC and Clemson, named a top eight of Georgia Tech, North Carolina, NC State, Kentucky, Maryland, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Virginia Tech. There, you have the recruiting report for tonight. Oh, our good buddy Scott Eisberg, the TV king of Charleston and a one-time erstwhile sports talk intern. Do you know that? The numero uno TV guy in Charleston, Scott Eisberg, was an intern for sports talk. 
He texts and says, Hicksville, New York, is also the home of Billy Joel. He went to Hicksville High School. How about that? Uh, you should have known that, Pat. You should have come back and said, no, I don't know about the basketball player, but I know Billy Joel's from Hicksville, Long Island. You're right. That's my bad. Should have known that. You being the socialite that you are. All right, what you got from Nate Oates? Okay, so he released this statement about, about 10 minutes ago now, it looks like. Quote, I thought it was important for me to clarify the unfortunate remarks I made earlier. Oh, This entire time, I've tried to be thoughtful in my words relative to this tragic incident, and my statements came across poorly. We were informed by law enforcement of other student-athletes being in the vicinity, and law enforcement has repeatedly told us that no other student-athletes were suspects. They were witnesses only. Our understanding is that they have all been fully truthful and cooperative. In no way did I intend to downplay the seriousness of this situation or the tragedy of that night. My prayers continue to go out to Jamia Harris's family. End quote. Well, somebody got in his ear, for sure, after his comments today. He must have had a press conference or something the day before he left for uh, South Carolina. Um, So, yeah, somebody must have gotten in there. But that doesn't say anything about his player. No. You know. I'm not sure how this is clarifying anything, if I'm being honest with you, Phil. Well, now he's trying to be sympathetic. I mean, his comments earlier today were totally not sympathetic towards the deceased. Uh, And now he's trying to kind of uh, not, well, maybe backpedal a little bit from that, but also show some concern and some humanity, which I'm sure he's a nice guy, and I'm sure he didn't mean to come across cold and callous. But that's how he came across, cold and callous. And somebody probably said, hey, Coach, you came across cold and callous in those comments. You need to walk them back some. But, no, he didn't say anything about the situation with the players, and nor has the university. Again, this is where – I think this is where the university has dropped the ball because uh, it's put it on – I mean, the focus now was on the head coach and on the basketball team with a player who's been mixed up. In one way or another, there's no debating the fact, guilty or otherwise, that – your star player was mixed up in a murder. So, you know, how you look at that is how you look at it, I guess. You know, I just compare it to South Carolina. That's all I can look at, you know, or, or if it had been Clemson, let's say. But in the case of South Carolina, where three athletes, you know, thank goodness they, they weren't involved in any kind of a shooting or a murder or anything like that. But they were kicked out of school for having a, a rifle on campus. Um or at least kicked off of campus. Have they been? I'm going back and thinking to myself. I know they've been removed from their dorms, um, out of school, out of class. I might be speaking out of school there, but at the very least, they were suspended from the team immediately, and they were removed from 650 Lincoln. So, um, that's taking some action until they have their day in court, which is coming up uh, here in March, I believe. They they have their hearing. Okay, let's go to the break, and when we come back, we'll update other baseball. And if you want to join us with a comment, a question, or an observation, we'll have time for that. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. If you missed our interview with Buddy Pugh, we'll have that up for you a little bit later on tonight. He was, shall we say, very, very punous tonight. Coach Buddy Pugh, delivering things delivering words as only he can. If you missed it, it'll be on our website a little bit later on, and we'll be back. 
life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Time out. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. All right, Clemson softball team, that came up earlier tonight. Thank you, Tiger Bryan, for mentioning that. Just seeing a story released by Clemson on the Clemson softball team today from uh, their game today. They did. They're ranked number five in the country, and they did go and beat Georgia today. It was played at Clemson, and they're drawing nice crowds there for Clemson softball, and this softball team has really really been good. Uh, They won today. To improve to eleven and zero, Georgia drops to seven and four, and Georgia was ranked seventeenth, and Clemson won seven to one today. What'd you say they they've outscored opponents by through eleven games this season? They've outscored their opponents ninety four to thirteen. That's domination. That seems pretty good. That's domination. So Tigers are getting it done. They had uh, nineteen hundred and twelve fans in attendance today at McWhorter Stadium on the Clemson campus. So softball going uh, quite well. Also, you know, we got golf season underway for the Collegians and the Moon Golf Invitational. This is a women's tournament in Melbourne, Florida. And Clemson is in at 10 under par. They finished up today. So Clemson finished sixth place at 10 under par, 20 shots back of LSU. Okay, and let's see, for the um, the leading individual for the Tigers would be, in this one, Savannah Gruel. Savannah Gruel tied for 17th with rounds of 72, 68, and 72. She finished nine shots off the pace at four under par. Okay, so that is uh, one tournament. And let's see here. The college golf season now is in full swing, I think we could say. South Carolina played in some tournaments last week for their men and their women, and now the Clemson women are playing in this tournament, finishing up. And I think the Clemson men played in a tournament here recently as well. I'm trying to locate what that was. I love this tournament, Pat, the Mickey Mouse Intercollegiate. (laughs) Somehow that just sounds perfect (laughs) for college sports. The Mickey Mouse Intercollegiate 
at Lake Bonavista, Florida, at the Disney's Palm Golf Course, and your winner of the Mickey Mouse Intercollegiate is Wofford. How about that? How about it? 12 under par. They shot four under par today, and they won the whole thing there at the Mickey Mouse. They win the Mouse Ears. And your medalist, Matthew Larkin, from Wofford, he wins the uh, medalist honors. Uh, 11 under par for him. Good playing, 68, 68, and 69 to uh, capture medalist honors there. So a uh, great job by Wofford winning that championship today. The, I just couldn't help it. The Mickey Mouse Invitational. Oh, here is the one with the Clemson men. Okay. And it wrapped up today as well. So we can give you this. This is the Water Sound Invitational in uh, Panama City Beach, Florida. And I tell you what, the beautiful thing about being a great golfer, you live in great conditions. You're on the beach. You're in great surroundings, usually in wonderful weather unless there's some rain. So Clemson, in this one, finishes ninth at plus 11. There were only 11 teams in the field, and Clemson finished ninth. Uh, Four over today, 11 over for the tournament, Vanderbilt. Edged out Georgia Tech. Vandy finished at minus 38. Georgia Tech finished at minus 37. Like I said, Clemson finished at plus 11. And the Tigers didn't have anybody uh, really. uh, Let's see. Did they have anybody uh, lined it up? Plus one, plus one. Um, No, they didn't have. Everybody was like one over par today. So nobody made a a big move for Clemson individually. And that's why they finished where, where they did. As far as the uh, individual leaderboard is concerned, the top finishing Clemson player would be Andrew Swanson. Andrew Swanson finished tied for 28th at even par, rounds of 69, 74, and 73. And he finished 18 shots back of your winner. Your medalist was from Florida State. So there you go. We'll be keeping a close watch on the college golf scene, of course, because... We happen to love golf and happen to love college golf as well here on Sports Talk. And, of course, on Friday nights with George Bryan and Robbie Thames, we talk birdies, bogeys, and biceps around the state of South Carolina. Brought to you by Tsunami Bar Sports. And hope you've had a chance to look at some of their stuff, maybe even buy some of their stuff, because it is it is great stuff to help you physically and with your golf game. Okay, our poll question of the week. Freshman forward G.G. Jackson from South Carolina, despite everything that's gone on, is having a heck of a year, right? Uh, He is uh, well up in the SEC stats. Uh, He's in the top 12 in scoring, rebounding, and field goal percentage. And the question of the week is, where will he play next season? And I bring this up, and I worded it this way, simply because of you know, some of the stuff that has gone on internally with him. And with today's world and the transfer portal, John, and the one and done and all that kind of stuff, there's no guarantee a guy like this is coming back to South Carolina. So where do you think he'll play next season? 458 votes are in. 28.8% say he'll play in the G League next year. 26.4% the NBA. 229 say he'll come back to South Carolina. And 21.8, another D1 program. Time will tell. Time will tell on that. The uh, net rankings going into uh, this week's games. 
for the schools around the state. You've got the College of Charleston now, number one in the state, with a net ranking of 53. Clemson is 81. Furman is 90. Wofford is 226. South Carolina is 242. Winthrop is 248. Upstate is 269. Coastal Carolina is 283. Charleston Southern is 310. The Citadel 325. State 342. And Presbyterian is 349. All right. And let's see if there's anything else we have for you. Did that, did that, did that. So let's update some baseball here in our final couple of minutes. We told you about the Gamecocks and the Tigers and Charleston Southern beating the Citadel. Alabama beats Tennessee Tech 7-4. to Wake Forest all over Greensboro 20-2. Wake Forest had a player who hit four home runs over the weekend. I bet you he hit some today. Let's see if I can pull up a box score on this at all. I bet you he might have hit some home runs today. When you score 20 runs, your best hitter is bound to have hit some home runs. Now, I don't see a box score. But they um, they did have a big day winning 20-2. to two. All right, and let's see. We've got uh, Central Arkansas leading Vanderbilt 5-1. to one. That's in the bottom of the seventh. You got uh, Florida leading South Florida 2-1. to one. That's after seven. Upstate leading North Florida 8-2. to two. That's in the bottom of the sixth. We've also got, um, let's see here. We've got, who else locally? Phil, while, while you're looking at that, I've got another little note here to add. LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors was arrested on Bourbon Street last night with uh, being charged with illegal carrying of a weapon. He was, Hello. he was arrested in the French Quarter with a, with a gun, and he was LSU's leading receiver last year with 72 catches for 1,017 receiving yards, had three touchdown passes and averaged over 14 yards a catch. He finished second in the SEC in receiving yards to Tennessee's Jalen Hyatt, who, of course, has left for the NFL draft. So he has very, very high expectations uh, for LSU coming into the 2023 season. All right. More weaponry stories. Uh, here's more baseball from the ACC. Miami 10-1 over Stetson, middle of the sixth. Georgia Tech 8-6 over Georgia Southern. They are in the bottom of the fifth. Florida State 5-2 over Jacksonville, top of the fourth. Virginia 26-2 over Longwood. Wow, 25 hits on the day. Virginia Tech beat East Tennessee 15-5, and North Carolina beat Radford 14-2. All right, around the uh, SEC today. Catch you up on the baseball around the SEC today beside the South Carolina win. ULM is beating Mississippi State 11-5. They're in the bottom of the ninth. Ole Miss is leading Arkansas State 11-3. They're in the bottom of the eighth. Tennessee 10-0 on Alabama A&M, bottom of the eighth. Texas A&M 4-2 over Lamar going to the seventh. It's... uh, Auburn leading North Alabama 6-0, bottom of the second. And LSU beat Southern in a game called after seven. Run rule, 18-4 LSU. Arkansas beat Grambling State 9-7. And Kentucky beat Evansville 6-3. All right, that'll do it. Thank you for being with us. If you missed anything tonight, we'll have it in podcast for you, SoundCloud, And, of course, the Buddy Pugh interview will be on our website as well. 
Thank you, Pat. And have a great night, everybody. See you tomorrow.